Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the Steelers Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Steelers Wire editor, Kurt Popejoy. All right, welcome into the program. We are a week away from the draft, Kurt, when this podcast drops. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've, I've about had it with the mock drafts. I even saw your recent story on Steelers Wire. You analyze four different mock drafts. You yield four different positions for the Steelers at number 24. So... I'm ready to take a mock draft breather. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm 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 done with it. I'm ready to mock the draft. Let's just, let's, there it is. Let, yeah. So so here's what I had in mind for this week. I want to look back at the last two draft classes a little bit, peg the hits, peg the misses, and uh, you know, kind of see what that tells us about the Steelers when it comes to the draft, what they do, you know, their tendencies and all that. And it's not all perfect, Kurt, but for the most part, the Steelers. I think they do it better than most. I, I trust the yeah. Steelers more in the draft than I do uh, maybe for my own team. You know, Bill Belichick, he's a little hit or miss out here in New England. I trust the Steelers a lot more than Bill Belichick right now when it comes to the drafting guys. But let's start with 2020. And I guess this wasn't a draft pick, but the Steelers don't pick in the first round of 2020 because they had traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And, yep. I mean, for those that criticized the move at the time, because maybe it didn't make the most sense at the time, maybe we couldn't really see what the vision was. Well, you you know, you're eating your words because Fitzpatrick is uh, one of the best safeties in football. So we'll just throw that in there. The Steelers don't pick in the first round, but they got Minka Fitzpatrick. So that worked out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But there's not much more to say there. Uh, but the actual draft pick the Steelers did make their first pick was in the second round. It was Chase Claypool. And mm-hmm. I think if we're playing hit or miss, it's a hit. You know, I mean, it's a hit. I, I think he's he's a brilliant player. Might need to grow up a little bit, Kurt, but uh, he's got a chance to be the Steelers' number one receiver of the future. I think. I mean, he's a yeah. he's got a chance to be a stud. And this is this is an ongoing theme with the Steelers finding wide receivers outside of the top fifty or so picks and nailing them right. And this is just this is just another example. Well, and I think I think he was a perfect example of of how the Steelers plan for the future. I think the whole twenty twenty draft, at least the top half, um, was all about planning for the future. I think they drafted Claypool early assuming Juju Smith-Schuster was going to head out in free agency. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that was a perfect, you know, that was a, a great look at, at bringing in a player, not only to sort of, you know, they, they drafted Deontay Johnson the year before to kind of replace Antonio Brown. Yep. And then you draft Chase Claypool because you think you're going to have to replace Juju Smith-Schuster. So, yeah, I, I think the Claypool pick was great. I know that a lot of people second-guessed it. Um, whether or not the Steelers needed him. And on paper, they probably – wide receiver wasn't their top need. Um, but we are, we saw the impact he had. I mean, they found ways to get him involved in the offense early. He sputtered a little bit down the end, but I think that was kind of as the whole team went. Um, so, yeah, I expect, I expect huge things from him this year. Same. I think he's definitely a hit. And then in the third round, the Steelers go and get an outside linebacker 
They're good at that position too, mm-hmm. uh, Kurt. They're really good at that. Yeah. And they grab Alex Highsmith. And yeah. maybe they drafted him as insurance for Bud Dupree, right? There's there's that always that chance. But you know, at the same time, he's a guy that's gotten better. And yeah. he's, he's going to be a key player for you. And he's just fine in the third round, right? I, I think that's a hit as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a small school kid. You know, I don't think he got the got the attention that, that some of the other edge guys did in that draft. But yeah, he, he's an absolutely – I mean, pick, pick 102 – I mean, you can't ask for much more than what you got from him. Nope. Um, yeah, and, and now to know that he's he's ready to walk in and, and be the starter, yeah, I mean, it was it was great. I mean, you couldn't – you know, he might not be 10 sacks this season, but he's going to keep defenses honest. I mean, that that's the big worry is you don't want a guy over there that's going to make it where teams can just focus on T.J. Watt. And Alex Highsmith definitely is talented enough to make it where – where defenses can't just focus all their attention on the other side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, he's ahead of schedule. That was a good pick. And this is where it gets fun, though, in the fourth round. So uh, Anthony McFarland was the pick. Uh, really a non-factor last year, right? I mean, the running game was an ongoing storyline. You had James Conner, you had Benny Snell, you had McFarland a little bit. We'll find out more about McFarland, I think, this year. But mm-hmm. this, this opens up an interesting conversation, and I think it's one why you know people are horny to mock draft uh, guys like Najee Harris and Achen from uh, Clemson, these guys to the Steelers. Whereas, you know, historically the Steelers don't usually go for that running back in the first round. People are kind of horny to mock a running back to the Steelers because, as you were telling me before we started recording, they keep on drafting these guys like McFarland in the middle rounds and they don't end up being that stud. You know, they don't end up being that Aaron yeah. Jones for the Packers who was drafted in the fifth round and nope. ends up being a stud. Uh, so McFarland, I think, is is still a miss. We can't call him a hit yet. We don't know. The jury's still out, so I would call him a miss at this point. Yeah, I, I, and I think that a lot of it's going to have to do with what the offense looks like this year. I mean, if you if you want to want to read the tea leaves a little bit, you look at the fact that McFarland was was Matt Canada's back in at the University of Maryland. Um, now Matt Canada is the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. If if he's going to introduce some of those concepts, we that could create an expanded role for McFarland. You know, he's he's a speed guy, um, real shifty, but I honestly don't think that will deter the Steelers from using a top pick on a running back this year. I think that they've they've gotten by since Le'Veon Bell left um, with with primarily James Conner, who could, if he'd have been able to stay healthy, we we probably are ta- having a completely different conversation today. Um, just never could. So I think that the the Steelers and the front office, you know, I've heard Art Rooney the second talk about this and say that, you know, the, the organization is tired of being middle of the road when it comes to running the football. And so McFarland might be a nice change of pace. I mean, he wasn't the, he wasn't the, the primary rusher at Maryland. He was kind of a change of pace guy. So I think he could be that again especially if they draft a guy like Najee Harris or Javante Williams who could just go out there and just wear defenses down. Yeah, and then in the fifth round, this is a neat trick that the Steelers always seem to do, right? They just find a, a guy you can just put right in your lineup in Kevin Dotson, right? So this yeah. is a guy that was thrust into action, Kurt, and was fine. He was really good in pass yeah. protection. Never really had oh. to talk about him, right? We never talked about Kevin Dotson. No. That's always a good thing for an O-lineman. In the fifth round, they nailed that one. I mean, Kevin Dotson's a player. You know, and Dotson's one of those guys. I mean, another guy played at Louisiana. Not a not a big time prospect. He was an All American, um, graded out really well by Pro Football Focus. But still, there were questions about level of competition, that kind of thing. But 
he's the kind of guy, and I think I said this right after the draft, he's the kind of guy that a team picks and other teams are like, man, I wish they didn't know about him because we were kind of – we kind of had him tucked away hoping we could bring him in. And I think the fact that, you know, I know his, his – the run game didn't really do well when he filled in for Matt Filer. But when you've got, you know, a, a Marquise Pouncey who had maybe his worst season – on one side of him and Alejandro Villanueva on the other side, there was only so much he could do. I think, I think you, you get some fresh bodies on either side of him this year. I think you're really going to see him because he was a really good run blocker in college. I mean, that was kind of his strength. So I, I expect him to, to kind of be a, a rising star. I mean, as, as much of a rising star as a guard can be in the NFL, I suppose, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, being the 100, 100, 135th pick or whatever. Um, yeah, you can't, can't go wrong there. No. Nah, so then that's kind of what the exercise is, right? I mean, I think overall, and you know, they picked a couple guys later on in this draft as well, but I think overall more hits than misses. And I think this is a pretty good draft class for them, Kurt, in 2020. And it's a it's a good, it's a big reason why you're not completely screwed by all the turnover this offseason because you've got guys that you drafted last year that can step right in and fill roles like Claypool, like Highsmith, McFarland even, even. You know, McFarland will get more playing time. Dotson. So these are all guys that are filling roles that are key guys, and it's thanks to that draft class. I mean, if they completely whiffed on that draft class, we'd this, they'd be in trouble. But they're not. Oh, they can absorb yeah. a lot of that stuff that happened this offseason because. They really nailed this 2020 draft for the most part. It was. It was. It really set them up. Um, I know this year's not going to be ideal, but you know, between that and a couple of free agents coming back and signing that maybe they didn't expect, I mean, there's a lot less pressure on this 2021 draft class to come in and produce early, and that I think that's the biggest thing. You don't. Pittsburgh historically has not asked their rookies to to carry a heavy load until the last couple of years. And so I'm kind of glad that at least it feels like they're not going to ask that again this year. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at 2019. You think there's a lot of people on the from the 2020 draft on the Steelers? Well, wait till we talk about 2019. This is another good one. We'll get to that coming up next. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here's a fun one, Kurt, from the 2019 draft. The Steelers are picking in the first round. They're picking at number 10. It doesn't happen all that often with the Steelers. Picking at number 10. And there's a reason why they were at 10, because they traded up. And they go and they get Devin Bush. Now the jury's out whether you should do that for an inside linebacker. But I think they nailed Devin Bush, right? I think if you were to redraft 2019, Devin Bush is going before number 10 overall. So the Steelers move up, something they don't often do. And they get Devin Bush, who's a freaking stud. So another linebacker that they nailed. Yeah, and I mean, it was unfortunate what happened last year with the knee injury. But he is he's, you know, he's as close to replacing Ryan Shazier as, as Pittsburgh could have gotten, um, you know, it, it would have been amazing to see the two of them playing together. Um, but unfortunately that wasn't meant to be, but yeah, he's, he's amazing. I mean, you just saw after he got hurt, um, the level of, of speed and, and athleticism in that second level just 
just took such a hit. I mean, the teams were able to run the ball more. Um, it, it just changed what they could do in coverage. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait. Of all the guys, you know, who are coming back this year, and and guys who are going to be stepping into new roles this year, there's nobody I'm looking more forward to watching play this year than Devin Bush. I think he's going to come back, you know, looking to make people forget about what happened last season. Yeah, hoping he comes back because he is just one of the best in the in the business to do it. Round three, pick number sixty-six. That was the Steelers' next pick in the 2019 draft mm-hmm. after Bush. And this one's kind of fun because they picked Deontay Johnson, who I think is kind of a polarizing uh, receiver. Not not like AB, not at all like AB, no. but, you know, guys no. either love Deontay or they hate him. And yeah. uh, But it's kind of fun that they picked him with a draft pick they had acquired from o- uh, Oakland at the time for AB, yeah. right? So that was in, kind of in fun. In the Antonio Brown trade, yeah. 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 yeah, but you know what? Personally, I love Deontay. Uh, I know he's got some well-documented drop stuff that people want to talk about, but... I think as usual, the Steelers nailed another wide receiver and he stepped right in and he built a quick rapport with Roethlisberger. And I think Ben, he only wanted to throw Deontay the ball last year, it seemed at times. So I like Deontay. I think it was a good pick. And, you know, it it made a lot of sense. Like you said, with Juju Smith-Schuster coming up, it made sense with AB going out. And I Mm -hmm. think they got a really good player. I do too. I think I'm I'm really looking at 2020 and saying that was just a, you know, a one-off kind of situation, um, just a product of, of, of everything that was going wrong with the offense and that he's, he's going to be back. The drops aren't going to be an issue because if, if he's not dropping the football, you know, there were so many, so many plays last year. If he holds on to the football, I mean, he has an opportunity every time he touches it to just make it a huge play. And that's, very Antonio Brown of him. I mean, that's yep. it's it's not it's not a secret to to see the comparisons in their game. Um, so yeah, I I think it's a great pick. I think that that he and and Claypool um, they're really going to create some problems for defenses this year. Now that Chase Claypool's got another year in the system, um, I think those two guys are are going to be pretty special. Going to allow Juju to just kind of line up in the slot and catch seventy or eighty passes and not really think too much about it. And these guys, you know, like, like Deontay Johnson, I think that this year we're going to see him going deep a lot more. I think they're going to, they're going to push, push defenses back with his speed. Um, so yeah, I, I think this was a great pick. I think it was just another, another really good example of how Pittsburgh seems to find these wide receivers who can play um, in, in circumstances later on in the draft that other teams just don't. Round three is an interesting one. Pick number 83 overall. So inside the top 100, the Steelers only had three picks inside the top 100 because of the Devin Bush move in this draft. Mm-hmm. And they pick uh, a corner, Justin Lane, played in all 16 yeah. games last year. Kurt, they're going to need him, right, with all the turnover in the secondary. So um, what do you think yeah. about this player and his, you know, and him being, in, you know, even relied upon even heavier this year? You know, I, I think that the the Steelers must have liked what they seen they saw from him last year. Um, him and James Pierre, both down the stretch, kind of kind of swapped out snaps. Um, I think it's going to be those two guys sort of competing for that nickel corner spot that um, that Mike Hilton had last year with Cameron Sutton moving into Steven Nelson's spot on the outside. Um, Lane's a good player. He's a you know he's a long kid. He's got you know he's not built like a typical um, a typical slot cornerback. He's six foot two. Um, I think that ultimately his his position is on the outside. Um, I think that this year you're probably going to see him 
play some on the inside, but I think Pierre is probably a better fit in there. But I think they drafted him knowing that eventually I, I would assume the the front office had had you know at least some thought that Joe Hayden wouldn't be back this year. You know, the fact that they released Steven Nelson instead of Joe Hayden, I think came as a shock to a lot of people. I think there were there were plenty of people who wondered if, if Hayden would be back. Um, he is coming back, but, you know, I think Lane with another year, I think with a year as the primary backup on the boundary will will really prepare him to uh, to be a starter, which is nice because historically the Steelers haven't done very well drafting cornerbacks. You know, their best, their best cornerbacks they've had on their team – over the course of the last six or eight years have all been free agents. So it would be nice to see them bring in a guy that they draft and eventually get him into the starting lineup. You know, the Artie Burns debacle, we're all trying to put that behind us at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so Justin Lane could really kind of, kind of cleanse the palate after, after the mistake that was made drafting Artie Burns in the first round. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Lane play more. I know a lot of people think he's going to be the, the third corner, I, I think that that's kind of a position that the Steelers are so specialized in on defense. I'm not sure that Lane really fits that. Um, I think they've got a couple of guys. I think if you if you look back to the 2020 draft, um, Antoine Brooks, the safety that they took in the sixth round, I could see him kind of filling some of that um, that that third corner, that nickel sort of blitz corner that they used Mike Hilton for so much. So I think that there'll be a, a spot for Lane, but I think it's going to be more. Um, more, more def- backing up on the boundary, and if Cameron Sutton's assume Sutton's ready to start, but you know Lane could could replace him at some point this season. Yeah, I love it. And you, it's almost like you might have uncovered a little bit of a tendency there with the Steelers, Kurt, and the fact that sometimes they'll draft positions, and that can signal what they're thinking with upcoming free agents, right? I mean, and you yeah. kind of you kind of oh, mentioned yeah. that a couple times, so maybe that's a little subtle tendency that we could pay attention to a little bit closer here going and, forward. And it's because and it's because they just don't they don't do a lot of work in free agency. Right. I mean, they just, they are not a team that historically has gone out to fill spots in free agency. So yeah, that's, I think you can always point to, you know, when you're looking at, at the 2021 draft, um, you know, the Steelers are going to have 120 million in cap space, but they've also got, you know, three dozen free agents. So good luck trying to figure out who's going to stay and who's going to go next year. This, this whole team could get gutted out, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And But speaking of this 2019 draft, you also draft uh, Benny Snell in round four, pick 122. Could be your starting running back this year, or at least 1A, 1B with McFarland, right, uh, Kurt? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you draft nine guys in 2019. I think the first four of them you can make a case will be starters uh, when they kick it off again next year. And yeah. seven of these guys are still on the roster two years later, uh, competing for yeah. spots at least. So. I don't know like what our conclusion is here. I just feel like for some reason, the Steelers seem to do it better. Uh, I don't know why they, they seem to do it better I, than the other teams. And I don't know why, if I could put my finger on why Kurt, but they're just good at this. They, they just kind of nail they, it more often than not. And they, and they almost never kind of go with the, the trends that we pick up in the media. You know, a lot of times the, the biggest criticisms I hear from Steelers fans after the draft is that they've never heard of these guys. And that doesn't mean anything just because, you know, average Joe fan sitting on a couch hasn't heard of a player doesn't mean they're not a good player. But I think that a lot of times you, you just don't, the guys they draft, uh, you know, the Deontay Johnson and, and, and Justin Lane and people like that, they just aren't names that you hear 
Um, you don't hear the the media talking about as much leading up to the draft. And so when the Steelers draft them, sometimes people are surprised. They, they're like, who is this? You know, but overall, you kind of have to trust in them that they've they they figured out a fairly good formula at, at nearly every position to bring in guys who after a year can step in and play. And that's you just you know, you can't once once Roethlisberger has gone, then we'll really find out how good a lot of these guys are. But for now, I, I think they do a great job with the draft. Yeah, no, everyone wants to focus on the guys from Alabama and the wide receivers. But where was Deontay from? It was like to- yeah, Toledo. Uh, Toledo, Toledo. I want to say Toledo. Toledo. Yeah, Toledo. Yeah. Right. So nobody's going to be like, yeah. uh, where? Where's he from? Yeah. Oh, look, he ends up being a, re- a really good player. So um, let's leave it with your uh, your draft thought of the week. Kurt, you know, I was talking to Luke Easterling of the Draft Wire. He is uh, he is obsessed with the idea of Najee Harris to the Steelers <laughs> just because he thinks yeah. that would be fun, and I think we yeah. all we all kind of think that would be fun. But for me, I would prefer them go after a tackle or a center. I, I just feel like yeah. I, I would love to see them start to bolster that offensive line a little bit. You know, I know the run game was an issue last year, but I, if you bolster that offensive line, get some young talent like you wrote about. Um, the kid Tevin Jenkins, who's kind of yeah. a mauler, the offensive tackle, oh. kind of mauls people. Like you get one of those guys He's, in, a kind of a Steelers mindset, yeah. and you put Benny Snell and McFarland back there, and maybe a rookie who knows in this draft. Like oh. you might, you might be onto something there. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in love with the idea of Najee Harris. As fun as that would be, I would almost rather have the big offensive tackle or the center. That's where I'm I, at. What do you, what, what are you thinking? Well, first of all, Luke's my boy, but he's also an Alabama fan. <laughs> there so it is. Okay. Keep, I didn't know that. Keep in mind, Luke's a Bama guy. Okay. So that's good to know. That's good to know. It, it, you'll, you'll notice that he ranks all his Alabama boys uh, just a little God, bit higher God, than everybody else. Going to so. give him all the crap in yeah, the world now. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind, when he's got, you know, seven Alabama players in the first round, that's that's part of the reason. But <laughs> No, I, I like Luke a lot. He's he's a super smart guy. He's taught me a ton about the draft, but I'm kind of in the same mindset. Um, the the problem with it is is that uh, you know the Steelers need a starting center. They brought BJ Finney back. Um, BJ has started center for the Steelers. So is JT Hassenauer. I don't think anybody wants to see 16 starts out of those two guys in any combination. Um, so if you're going to draft a center. There's really about four in this draft that I feel like can come in and play this season. So, and, and all of them are going to be gone by probably the start of the third round. And so if you're, if you're the Steelers front office, you've got to look at running back center and offensive tackle and go, okay, which position's the deepest? Cause that's the one if we see we can. And traditionally running back is always the deepest position. I mean, you find guys, outside that first round. Absolutely. The problem is, is that, you know, if it were me, I would probably go offensive tackle in the first round, center in the second round, running back in the third round. I think that offensive tackle, if you could get Tevin Jenkins, if you could get Samuel Cosme, you know, even Alex Leatherwood, the kid from Alabama, get one of them in the first round, a guy who you know you can plug in at left tackle, you can let Zach Banner and Chooks Okorafor work out right tackle, then you get to the second round. You hope that maybe Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma is sitting there still. Um, Landon Dickerson's going to be long gone by then. But, you know, maybe you get Humphrey. Then you move into the third round. And then what are your options? You got Trey Sermon out of Ohio State. You Love got him. Kenneth Ganwell out of Memphis. Yeah. I mean, you've got Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. Just a bru- another big bruiser like Najee Harris. I mean, there's going to be guys there. 
but but in my mind, when you look at how the, where the talent drops off, it drops off much faster at center than anywhere else. So I think if the Steelers really, you know, they rarely they rarely reach for a player out of need. They typically will take the highest rated guy on their board, regardless of position. But I think with with center being such a glaring need, it wouldn't shock me at all to see him draft Landon Dickerson in the first round. I, I that wouldn't even with the ACL injury coming off the knee injury, it wouldn't surprise me a bit to see them get him and go, okay, even if we've got to start Finney for eight games until this kid's ready, that's what we'll do. Then we'll look at the second round. Maybe, maybe you know, Javante Williams lasts till the end the end of the second round. I don't know. I know he's got a lot of hype. Um, I actually kind of like Michael Carter a little better for the Steelers' offense myself, but. Um, you know, that's that's more more the coach's decision on scheme. I don't think Najee Harris is a perfect fit for the Steelers offense, but I think he's the kind of guy that if you draft him, I suppose you, you fit the offense to him. Um, if all the top running backs are on the board at, on pick 24, I'm drafting um, Travis HGN. I think he's the, the most NFL-ready, versatile Le'Veon Bell type mm. in the draft. Yep. Like and I think I think he gives them so much more. I think everybody looks at Najee Harris and thinks the Steelers are going to get Derrick Henry. And uh, they could get Andy Lacey. I don't know. You know, I mean I you know these big backs are kind of hit or miss in the NFL. Um so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I would definitely go offensive line first. If if there's a run on linemen and and Jenkins is gone and Cosby is gone and Leatherwood's gone. I, I take Dick, I take Landon Dickerson in a second. I take him. Don't think anything about it. You got your center. The Steelers have prided themselves on, on having great centers. I mean, you go, you, you go back to guys like Mike Webster and Dermotti Dawson, you know, and, and Marquise Pouncey, you know, you, you draft your next great center and you figure out who's going to, Who's going to fit with him after that? Give me a big nasty guy in the first round and go get Trey Sermon. That guy was awesome. And nobody oh, could tackle him I, I last love year. him as a player. They couldn't tackle I him last him year, Kurt, until he got hurt, right? He, yeah. was, he was a beast. Yeah. You could get him yeah. in the later rounds. Give me that guy. So are, are, you, are yeah. you in for this one more week and then we got the real thing? Uh, I'm, I'm going to be ready. You know, I enjoy doing them. I enjoy doing the simulations, but I, I will be ready to be done. But you know that, that you know, in about a week and a half, everybody's going to have their – Far too early 2022 mock draft out. Oh, so you won't have to. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's already making my head. I've already got the popsicle headache thinking about it. But uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it was fun this week, kind of talking about the real thing a little bit, going back in time. It's always fun to reminisce and, and do that thing. And all right. Well, one more week away from the draft. Are you ready for it? I know I am. I am. Yeah, absolutely. We both Let's are. Let's do it. We'll talk to you all next time. Thanks for joining us. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. 
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.